If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This week, f*** Panini, f*** Fanatics, f*** USPS, f*** eBay, f*** PSA, f*** communicators that are really, really crappy at what they do, f*** syphilis, f*** people who show up the last minute, f*** right-sizing as a corporate term, and f*** my job. Is an Adam- oh, it's a 101! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call for a doctor. Always entertaining, accidentally informative. We're bringing nostalgia and camaraderie to the hobby, along with a stroke to Tim. That's Tim. I'm Chad. This is Back to the Future Podcast, Season 2, Episode 28, The Burbank Card Show. Everyone, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Our website is pttfpodcast.com and our Instagram is at Pack to the Future Podcast. Tim, those are the two places you can find us. That's it. Yeah. That sound about right? I think you got it right. We're not on Facebook. No. We're not there. Tim, we have a fantastic <laughs> show for the listeners here today. We have what some are calling the West Coast National. We have a large card show coming out west, which we are certainly excited for. That is the Burbank Card Show hosted at the Anaheim Convention Center, which will be at the end of this month, just next week for people who are listening to the show in real time. And we have EJ Ferrer, the executive director of the card show who's coming on. We're going to have a fantastic conversation with him. He's going to get you hyped and tell you everything you need to know for the upcoming show. But Tim, before we get there, that was a heck of an intro, my man. I think people like Angry Tim, so I ratcheted it up a little bit, but that, that was genuine. I'm I'm not happy right now. I'm sorry. Well, maybe what's uh, <laughs> card therapy, right? We've talked about card therapy being a thing, and maybe we'll uh, ease you into your evening with a little card therapy. So why don't we start with a weekly update? Okay. You got some of those uh, sweet tunes in our ears here, Tim? See, should, there we go. All right. See, Tim, right back in the swing of things. And, Tim, mm-hmm. I've got a lot that's gone on for me in the past week. Yeah, I've you know what? That was myself. just, yeah, too long, didn't read. But go ahead. <laughs> well, Tim, that's why we have a <laughs> podcast, so we can write it out here. <laughs> so we can talk it out here, at least. Um, real quickly, guys, I tried to dabble in Lorcana because it's a Disney product. And your boy got hustled. I bought $1,000 worth of boxes on a website that looked legit. Um, have not received my cards. Lots of people posting on Instagram. This place is a scammer's website. Uh-oh. And those those posts onto Instagram have been promptly taken down. Wow. By the website. Not good. Uh, they no. sent out a standard email stating that, oh, we're going to be working tirelessly to get you your product. Uh, my mom received the same email. I've met some people online who received the same email. We're, we're not getting the cards. You don't think so? No. It, you no? Know, it's... It's very interesting because oh. the way that you had to pay through the cards, you had to go through Afterpay. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. just pay the website. And at the time, I remember that being a little bit curious. And I really think that the reason for that is that it's part of their scheme. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a thousand bucks just boop, gonzo. Wow. Is that the biggest uh, you've been taken for in the hobby? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Without a doubt. Biggest amount. With that, well, I mean, we did use like before the podcast days, we would do the you know, the summer slam, the the things where I'd go open up like <laughs> 10 boxes of cards, yeah, yeah. 
And you could um, argue that you got taken there too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it'd be much of an argument on the other side. That <laughs> that was pretty cut and dry. So, oh. so that was a rough start to the week, um, but things did get better. Tim, I have a PSA submission that is still out. Not a whole lot of movement with it, but I want to give people some education here. I did send in a value plus service. Um, got received by pin, or by PSA rather on August fourth. Got entered the next day. Um, it's been in the grading stage ever since then. Hasn't budged. So mm. we're almost three weeks out. Just a little update if people are trying to keep track on how quickly those move. We talked about how quickly your Justin Fields moved. That's where I am with value plus and still waiting for it to move from grading. That. It's not spectacular because they were turning things around a little bit better than that. I feel like around two weeks or a while and, there. And the value plus, you know, is a little bit cheaper level of service. I had heard from one other source, I believe it was on Twitter, that they were expecting about a 60 calendar day turnaround. So we'll kind of see. We're, we'll, we'll see where we're at and I'll keep people posted on that. Okay. But, but things did get better. That's good. Tim, I ran a half marathon on Saturday up the side of the old mountain here in Salt Lake City. Killed it. Didn't yeah. just run it. I did. I was really happy. It was a rock and roll race and finished top 100 out of 2,400 people. So I was super stoked about that. But Jeez, man. The, the reason I bring that up is it really gets those endorphins going. It, it gets it going. And, you know, I had laid off, you know, any cocktails during the week, you know, especially during the work week. But on Friday, I laid off the cocktails, went to bed early, stressing over it. So Saturday, the endorphins were rolling. I had a couple of beverages. Uh-oh. I, wanted, I know where this is going. I wanted to go fecking, but you can't feck on a Saturday. <laughs> so as Boston Steve pointed out, you do second, which is Saturday evening with cocktails and cards. Doesn't have as good a ring to it, but I'll go it, with it. It doesn't. So all jokes aside, Tim, I ended up bidding on a bunch of cards on Saturday. Most of them ended Sunday, and I won a lot. And I just want to give you a rundown of what I won. Okay. A 2015 Panini Prism Peyton Manning PSA 10. Mm-hmm. It's significant to me because I have the 2012 mm-hmm. and I have the 2014 as well. Okay. I want to try and get each of his playing years with the Broncos. So I yeah. just need the 2013. There's only seven of those silver PSA 10s. Seven? Oh. Well, the one that I bought, the 2015, the pop count's only 16. You know, this is really before these, are those, low count. these things jump. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. It's a good looking card. Um, I'll bring it along the next time I show it to you. But if anyone has any leads on the 2013 Panini Prism, Peyton Manning PSA 10. I would sure, sure love to jump all over that to complete that four card set that I've kind of self self made up. <laughs> so that was a fun one for me, but Tim, it, it's going to get interesting here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Football season right around the corner. 2021 yeah. select. Yeah. Uh, Broncos okay. running back. Went right back to the Broncos. That's worked out well for me every time. Oh boy. Javante, the running back. I, I got mean, a, Yeah. You mean? He's fun to watch. When he plays, coming off that torn ACL. (laughs) (laughs) But I got a premier level black and gold die cut rookie card for a penny. (laughs) I I want it for a penny. And remember, I texted it to you, and you're like, there's not a chance in hell that guy's going to ship it. And he shipped it. (laughs) No. So I want want it for a penny. I paid two bucks shipping. Yeah, that's it. Wow. That still doesn't make up for your $1,000 loss, but, you know, it, it helps. You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but now, Tim, I'm only down $999.99. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so I'm right there. A um, couple of bigger cards, Tim. Uh-huh. My first eminence card. You remember eminence. how much I've crapped on basketball eminence in we the past? We all have our moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is no 93 Top's Finest Refractor, Tim, but it, it is, is 2021 Panini Eminence Pro Bowl Die Cut Diamond Champ Bailey Autograph in a Broncos Uni. Bless you. I know, right? This, I think, is one of Champ Bailey's finer-looking cards. He's got his Pro Bowl uniform on with the Broncos helmet. Autograph, clean and crisp, right on card. I am stoked to receive this. Still waiting to get it from eBay, but I'll be very happy to have that card. Wow, so you're having a fairly positive experience with eBay this week. <laughs> well, with winning, at least. There was a in there too, Tim. I'll have to bring that around so that uh, you guys can see it the next time. Uh-huh. Because? Huh? No, I just carry on. So. Yep. 
two other cards, and I really debated all day whether or not I should tell you about this. But okay. if we didn't have a podcast, I would keep it a secret. Okay. <laughs> because there's potential that this is just going to go so poorly. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, two cards. These are my last two. Okay. A 2012 and a 2015 silhouette on-card autograph with game-used dirty patch. Let's get cooking Russell Wilson, baby. Let's go. He's coming back this year. Preseason, he's making plays. Russ is going to get cooking for the Broncos. I'm all in on him. Let's go. These nuts. Oh. Oh. That's why I debated telling you. Bad and it's all because of bids that were placed on Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning and I was scrolling through the things that I had bid on, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and you were sober, <laughs> not on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, uh. now to my defense, the the 2012 is his rookie year. It was from his um like rookie photo shoot or something, the jersey that he wore. So it's a nice three-color patch. It's at a 99. And it, it, I did get it for a really good deal. And then the 2015 is a piece of white patch that just is beat up. Like you can tell it's game worn. So <sighs> I don't, I shouldn't be left alone in the fall. The fall is a very bad time for me in buying sports cards. I can't help myself around football season. I can't. I just, I can't do it. Well, it'll get easier next year when, uh, you know, there's uh, no player names on the cards. from <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, Tim, that's a whole lot. Um, very much tailored around, like, my personal collection with Disney and then with the Broncos. But that's kind of where I stand. Uh, made me very happy to win some of those cards and very worried to tell you the news about the Russell Wilsons. I don't know that that was like your most positive weekly update ever, but you had fun with it. I did have fun with it. That's mm -hmm. true. From an investment standpoint, it's going to go just terribly, but but that's terrible. Okay. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, yep. What will be a worse? No, Tim, what will be a better investment? The $1,000 for the Lorcana cards that I will never receive <laughs> or the other chunk of money that I paid for Denver Broncos football cards? <laughs> oh, man, that's tough to call. <laughs> Think about that one, everyone. <laughs> you right. literally just lit both on fire, so it's fine. <laughs> That's a good point. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission... Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, Tim, hopefully you had a better week. Um, some interesting show notes here. I, I know the backstory behind this. I'm all ears. What are you going to tell people? Um, I don't know. So, uh. You know how I bought that PSA 7 Michael Jordan rookie card at the National and was like, this is the best looking PSA 7 that I've ever seen. This is staying in the PC forever. It's completely the card that I've been looking for. And I think it's going to be plenty satisfying. It's now a showpiece in my collection. It's not going anywhere. Does we all... sound familiar? Yep. Yep. Yeah. A dilemma came up in my personal life. I'm a little short on units because Responsible Tim has not touched anything since, what, like four or five weeks pre-national? Okay. And football season's around the corner, but as of right now, I'm short on units because I've put a lot of money into sports cards and cards that I was determined to keep. It's worked out really well for sure for most things, you know. I mean, I've got some really nice, uh, you know, $1,000, $2,000 level cards of Jordan that uh, are just awesome to look at. Um, 
I have completed two uh, separate three-card sets that look fantastic together as triumvirate-type sets. Uh, I've got a $15,000 upper deck black uh, Michael Jordan auto. The dilemma is, which one of those do I jettison for a very personal purchase? How about you trade that Michael Jordan autograph to me for my eminence card? No. Hard pass. Hey, the Michael Jordan card will stay close to home and you'll get what you need. <laughs> You're referring to the specific, um, you know, uh, that's in the middle of that card. You can infer whatever you would like. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, so I'm not willing to let go of some of my rarer cards that were in the $1,000, $2,000 range. I also was not willing to part with the centerpiece of my collection currently and by far and away the showstopper. So uh, the most common card that was uh, going to be easily replaceable settled out at the PSA 7 Michael Jordan rookie card. I'm not allowed to go into more specifics because it would spoil something and the specific party is also nearby so i see i see well Mm -hmm. tim i am certain that people will look forward to the coming weeks weekly updates actually one second tim is getting up and has left he has left tim and i are not in the broadcast booth together this week as tim was at work um, no, no, no. So she's in the shower. So long story short, PSA 7 Jordan rookie card for a... Ooh, baby. Did you do it? Yes. Oh, my man. I'm torn about it. Emotionally, as a collector, personally, there's so many layers to this. I mean, I just uh, I went back and forth, back and forth, and uh, I don't know what the right answer was. I think most people in our group chat said yes. And there was one specific person that I noticed said no. And I won't hold it against him, but, you know, it just yeah. shows you it was well, very debatable. He, that, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Tim, there's only the one person, that. there's only one person who it matters if this is the right decision to, for, and that's you. This is true. And I feel like I made the right decision. I have no regrets. The card is replaceable, it hit the budget exactly. And also left me with a unit or another Jordan purchase. Boy, you're going to be staring at for a long time with a little different than most people get it when looking at it. We'll see. There's a 30 day uh, return policy. So uh, (laughs) I'll keep you updated in the next few weeks. I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, congratulations. And I, I think that's I think most people will agree that that is a perfectly acceptable trade to make. And congratulations. Okay. Thank you. She may have still heard me. Star Wars, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Tell so, us about Star uh, Wars. You're talking about Lorcana. Um, I'm talking about Kakawao, um, Disney 100th year anniversary edition of Star Wars coming out. I have a buddy named Stanley that I've mentioned or referred to multiple times in the show, and he has the hookup for Disney stuff in China or in Asia. And uh, he offered to me two boxes of the upcoming release of Kakawao Star Wars um, at what I think is going to be a fantastic price of 1450 per 10-box case. So $145 a box. I have a hard time believing that when only 3,000 cases of this were produced, that this will not go up in price. So the plan there is to also offset some of the recent purchases and expenses by flipping these cases. Um, I expect to make some money on it, but when I've expected to make money on things, it generally goes poorly, just like when you buy Russell Wilson silhouettes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Tim, I, I think it's a good purchase. Now, with Star Wars, you've mentioned this to me in the past, too, that, of course, this is not the first nor the premier Star Wars product that has been produced as opposed to Kakawell 100 Years of Wonder Disney cards, which really was the first first one. However, however, there is a hard number of cases that were produced, as mm-hmm. you said. And that's something we don't oftentimes see in the hobby, or at least that number doesn't become known unless people do some calculations based off of number of hits. 
And so I like the purchase. I, I really do. And you sent that to me and I appreciate you sending that to me, offering it up as well. Um, I really toyed with the idea and I'm still on the fence about it to, to mm. be honest with you. So I, I think it's a good purchase. Are you going to open one of them? It depends. You know, if like the price skyrockets and I still make profit by selling one case, done deal. You know, like I'll, I'll jettison one case and rip the other one because the chances of not pulling a card that are at least worth something, you know, um, pretty low, I would say. You're guaranteed like one nice hit per case generally. So you hit like a Darth Vader one of one or something. I mean, oh. that's five figure card. So, easily, easily, easily. And right? I will say that the return on box price for the Kakawao is far higher than what you and I had experienced oh. with with Panini products yeah. of the same price range. Exactly. So, so I like that. Um, okay. I'll have options. Gosh, I really wonder about that. Let's talk this weekend. Maybe I'll jump in on that. Okay. We'll see. I may need to use your PayPal account anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. How <laughs> the turntables, Tim. <laughs> to quote my man, Michael Scott. All right, guys. Well, Tim, very good on your weekly update, guys. I want to remind everyone we'll transition just a little bit into card stories. Over the past two weeks, you've heard two more incredible card stories from listeners of the show. We encourage you to send us yours. Any format you would like, you could put any twist on it. It could be as basic as a minute-long story about your favorite card and why it's important to you. We want you to record this, upload the audio format, send it to us at packtothefuturepodcast at gmail.com, and maybe you will be featured on next week's card stories. And guys, we've seen this take over a little bit. If you listen to some other podcasts, I mean, even I was invited on to Adam's Basketball Card Podcast. I don't think he knew we were doing card stories, but he asked me on to do card stories. Uh, You'll see it elsewhere as well. It's taken the world by storm. Send us your card story at packtothefuturepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us uh, over on pttfpodcast.com, specifically our affiliate links. Um, and we've got a couple of those up for you. I cussed out one of them earlier today, so you don't have to click on them first. But if you keep scrolling down, you'll also see a link for eBay, um, as Chad's been doing some second and feckin'. Join in the festivities on either a Friday or Saturday or screw it, a Sunday. Um, When you're feeling impulsive and clicking buy, before you click buy, remember to stop by our website and click that link so that a portion of those uh, funds that you spend on your precious little cards uh, comes to us and supports the show. We'd appreciate it. And uh, we thank you for listening as well. You can also find a link to uh, an affiliate link for BCW uh, Card Supplies, a fairly new addition. We know you need supplies to put those beautiful uh, feckin' and second purchases into. So uh, look for penny sleeves, look for magnetic loaders, look for top loaders, look for cardboard boxes to sort all your base cards with. Um, Plenty of options. So head over to pttfpodcast.com where you'll find those links. And uh, thanks as always for also clicking on those links for zioncases.com and using our promo code PACK, P-A-C-K. Well done, Tim. All right. Well, let's, before we get into our main event here, Tim, you got to go to work. I know. I'm a little fired up. I'm sorry, buddy. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right, and now on to our main event. We're super excited to talk about this topic with the Burbank Card Show. We have Executive Director EJ Ferrer on the show. Um, EJ, you can find him on social media, of course, through the Burbank Card Show on Instagram and and also at dynasty.ej. EJ has a fantastic quote right on the Burbank Card Show webpage that our goal is to simply provide the best trading card show experience. And if that doesn't get you excited... As a hobby enthusiast, then I don't know what will. Um, EJ, welcome onto the show. Chad, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, excited to kind of share uh, everything that that comes to play with Burbank Card Show as well as uh, myself. So definitely excited. Thank you, uh, viewers and uh, listeners who are listening and watching. So thank you so much. Excellent. Yeah, of course. And before we get into all the details associated with the upcoming Burbank card show that's here at the end of August, rolling into the beginning of September, EJ, in your executive director role, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and perhaps how you got into this role? 
So it's a funny story. So before I was uh, before I was doing the Burbank card show, I actually was a dealer myself. I was a dealer still technically. I'm still buying cards uh, right now. I, I, I'm a big wrestling fan, so the wrestling bug has gotten me. Uh, but as far as how I got started, it was just doing small shows, right, as a dealer. And the one thing that I, I like to say with dealing is you're only as good as your last deal, right? So every deal that I have made, I wanted to make sure that at the very least I've made an impression. So if you, if you Chad, you and I did a deal, I wanted to make sure even if the deal didn't happen, I wanted to make sure that you and I knew each other and it wouldn't be the end of our, our network, right? So as time progressed and years progressed, I started really networking as I was doing deals, right? So, um, and then I had two buddies of mine that I grew up with and one of them um, I knew in college and they were actually, uh, one of them was a youth pastor at a church uh, in Newport Beach. And they had asked me to, to uh, help them run this card show. And this was about three, it's crazy looking back, but it's about three years ago they had asked me and, and, and I had never thought about ever running a show, right? So, and it was like a 50 table show or, uh, and I was so, I was so scared, man. I was just so scared of, of just reaching out to people and like, you know, Hey, can you come to my small show? It's a Newport beach. And, and I don't know how it is in, in, in where you're at, but in California, it's a very, it's a very competitive area, right? It's a very competitive <laughs> area. And, uh, you know, by the way, shout out to all the card promoters out there. Um, the card show promoters, right? So, uh, it was very competitive, and I had a guy who, uh, he no longer does shows, but he knew my other sub-company for cards, which was Dynasty Mode, and, and, uh, but he didn't know EJ. So basically, when people started to say, hey, are you coming to the Newport show, EJ's running it, he's like, well, I know Dynasty Mode, but I don't know EJ, and he was running the same show the same weekend. And at the time, I, I didn't really think it was a big deal because he's in, like, West Side LA, like the Valley area. And I was in like Orange County, like Newport Beach. So I'm thinking it's like one and a half, two hour drive. But, you know, again, I'm ignorance to myself. I had no idea the whole politics behind the industry. And, you know, we'll get into that too, right? Sure. And sure enough, man, like uh, that just bothered me. And I'm the type of guy where if you tell me I can't do anything, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it happen. So <laughs> going back to the dealers that I networked with, and a lot of these guys were guys that I've done constant deals with. And these guys were in the L.A. area. So I had called them and I said, look, would you do my show? And I was so scared, Chad, to ask for, I think it was like $60 a table. And I was so scared. I was like, yo, can you do $60 a table? And the one thing I wrote in my notebook was the two th was two things. Number one, I'm not going to give anyone a discount. I want to make sure that the people that pay the $60 are the people that want to not only support me, but also understand that, hey, EJ's ability to run a local card show is is valid and not just to do ej a favor right and then i had another card shop who got mad because they said that uh they do like local shows as well every saturdays and basically if for lack of better term they basically stated they own saturdays and why not do sunday and i'm just like dude like i'm gonna do whatever i want like and uh you know going back to me being scared about 50 tables we ended up having 120 tables that first show and sure enough um, you know, it, it became something of like a nuance. And as you know, with card shows, they're, they're a bit older, you know, like they're a little bit, they're not as structured well. And, uh, you know, with us, we had AC, we had food, we had, uh, we had music on the background. It was very lively. And then also I, I knew all the dealers, right? So I knew what they were bringing. I knew what their specialties were. So I had made it to where, Sports cards were these guys. You had TCG on this guy, yeah, on this side. You had wax on this side. You had this. So it was very, it was very uniform in a sense to where if you knew, like, if you were a TCG dealer, then you would be on the TCG area, right? So it wasn't a mix. Um, and the thing is, Newport Beach is, is South Orange County, so you're getting the affluence of folks that don't usually come to shows, right? So there's no shows in South Orange County, so folks from Newport Beach. Huntington Beach, like that area started to come to that show. So, of course, the success of that show kind of mirrored on to my name in the local ranks. And at the time, Rob, Rob Barris and, and Burbank Sports Cards, I didn't know Rob. And my my iteration of Rob is whatever's on Instagram, right? 
Sure. And, um, you know, I knew Ryan, I knew all those guys, uh, that, that were the younger guys, but I didn't know Rob. And, uh, uh, to my knowledge, uh, to, to my knowledge, the story goes is that, uh, my other partner, Jay and Rob were talking about doing a local show. And this is late 2021. And they were bringing up doing a show at the Elk Lounge every month. And I'm just in my head, I'm just like, we don't have anything in Southern California, right? That right. is even Dallas. And and Rob has always had this vision of having something here in Southern California, right? And long story short, I tell Rob, I'm like, look, why don't we do this, right? And my business partner, Jay, is the one that put me on, right? Because they're a bit older, right? So, you know, outside of the card space and outside of the actual running the shows, I deal with strictly the marketing and the partnerships and making sure all the sponsors are secured, uh, you know, the branding and everything. That's pretty much my, my job title. So Jay had told me, he's like, you know, EJ, you know, would you consider being a part of this project? Now, mind you, there's no blueprint of the show. <laughs> like, you know, so, so Rob goes, okay, well, let me see it. Let me see something. Right. So uh, for those of you guys that have ever been to Burbank sports cards, <clears throat> You go straight on Burbank Boulevard, you turn right, there's a Walgreens there. And uh, I'm sorry, a 7-Eleven, and then there's a, a either, it's a Vons, I'm sorry, there's, it's a Vons. And I literally sat there in my car, and I already had a pitch deck that was like a template pitch deck. And I basically made a pitch deck in chat, no joke, I literally just BS'd it and said, hey, 20,000 <laughs> people's going to come, uh, we're going to have PSA, we're going to have Beckett, we're going to have eBay, we're going to have Nike, we're going to have all these guys, right? I'm just BS and the mess out of this. And literally on the last end of was was the formula of a card show. And it basically said AC plus Wi-Fi plus awesome dealers plus awesome food plus space equals good card show. That was basically it. And Rob looked at me and and this is probably uh more Rob showing his flaw in the negotiation side. And he's like, you know what? I'm in. <laughs> and mind you, we had thought that it was just kind of a, a, a more, again, my hopes was for it to become what it is today, right? But we had thought that it would take maybe five, 10 years to get to that point. This was something that we did not, again, I was still doing my web development business at the time. So it wasn't something that I never would have in my wildest dreams imagined ever leaving that and doing this full time, right? And literally after four months, we realized, holy smokes, this is going to be a lot bigger than it is. And that's when I decided to kind of take that next step and be full-time in the industry. So it's about it's about a year. It's about a year and a half. And uh, it's been an awesome experience. I mean, our first show was, uh, man, it was something out of a fairy tale. You know, most, most card promoters are like, yeah, man, I expected that to be good. You know, this and that, man. Honestly, like, I didn't know what to expect on the first show and 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 that was a, a huge success the second show was great well hold on uh, let's pause there so that first show was in 2022 correct yes so, yeah. so just a year ago and yes. if i see correctly i didn't attend that show but if i see from the website it looks like you had roughly fifteen thousand square feet and 250 tables oh geez so yes yes so that's still a large show in itself it, right. it really is. I mean, especially when not too long before that, you know, you were calling people asking $60 for a table and right. that's, that's quite the explosion and really a testament to showing, you know, sometimes you just got to have your information and give it a try and find out what happens. And, right. And then it blossoms. So you've got that first show, which is already large. You hit on so many things over the last couple of minutes that I want to chat about, but continue on just i want to paint a picture for what that first show looked like because i know the numbers that at least i've seen on your website for the upcoming show um, are pretty darn impressive too yeah uh and again i'm a big numbers guy man so i i look at everything numbers uh you know anywhere from our sponsors anywhere from you know folks that are our media partners all that i look at everything numbers and, and that's not to be disrespectful towards anyone but you know, for us, again, we have a brand to uphold that's number one, but we also have uh, a business that we're really trying to reach. And I take that very seriously as pretty much the leader of the show is I, I have to make sure that the right partners are involved in that, right? And that also includes our convention partners. So going back to the first show, we were at 15,000 square feet. So, uh, so to paint a picture, 
uh, Chad, the size of that is right is pretty much near what our current trade trade night space is for Anaheim. Is right around twelve thousand square feet. So so even then we knew even though the Marriott was doing all they can and, and big shout out to the Marriott man and an incredible partner of ours. Uh, they're a partner of ours with uh, Room Blocks for uh, for the Anaheim show. Um, they were really trying to keep us in Burbank. They were really, really trying to keep us in Burbank. And again, we're the Burbank card show. So, you know, it, uh, the right. second show, it being in, in Ontario, which for those of you guys that do not live in Southern California, Ontario, for lack of a better term, is like in the middle of nowhere, right? And it's about an hour plus drive uh, from from Burbank. So again, our, our, our Burbank audience is LA, right? This is in like a different city, a different location. But sure enough, man, folks came and very grateful for that. I mean, of course, Super Bowl weekend, and that wasn't our decision, right? Uh, so, so we wanted to make sure that we were very appreciative of those that came. And Anaheim was something that kind of so, – so backtrack, sorry. Ontario was right around 80,000 square feet. Um, the full okay. length of Ontario is 140 or 150,000 square feet. So we signed up on Ontario for about two years so we'll have that whole space of 150,000 square feet, and that will be for Q1 for the next two years. Uh, and then Q3 is our big show, which is Anaheim. Oh, uh, and, I see. And Anaheim is is 220 plus thousand square feet of real estate. So if I'm hearing you correctly, that Ontario show is still going to take place in the first quarter of 2024. Yes. I see. I see. Yes. Now, there is something here that I think we should bring up as we transition from that Ontario show to now talking about this Anaheim show. And that is that on your Instagram page, you said that there were three kind of key factors that you wanted to solve that didn't go perfect in Ontario that right. you wanted to look at for Anaheim. Admission lines, will call system, and then your POS system. So right. can you talk a little bit, maybe for the people who are in Ontario and experience this talk about some of those problems and how they can expect to see some improvement for this upcoming show so again i'm, I'm a numbers guy and ontario the two factors that we didn't have uh was a, a pos system that could actually be catered to a card show right so we decided to partner with a company called show clicks which is a partner of the anime expo the new york comic-con and basically what they can't what they provide on the ticketing standpoint is they have a QR code and basically a QR code system at when you buy a ticket, you get a QR code. And the way I look at things is our last two processes per customer would take about 30 seconds to a minute with the QR code. It would take roughly five to 10 seconds to scan someone in, verify them in and then get them the credentials and then they could just come in. So it, it, it basically speeds up the process. I'd say three, four X right there. Right. And then for our dealers, we're going to have a systematic approach. It's somewhat the same with the QR code, but at the same time, now we're going to have two days of registration instead of four hours. So this time we'll have the Wednesday registration open at a very, uh, very limited schedule, but at the same time, it's still, it's still a schedule. That's it's still technically an extra day, which is technically for our corporate, right? So folks that are currently that are going to be in Anaheim on Wednesday, they could come in registration booth will be open Wednesday. Um, as well as Thursday at, at, I believe, 9 a.m. And we'll have groups this time around. Last time, we just literally had a free-for-all where people could pick up their badges. And then we also beefed up our staff. We 2 x our staff on the will call side. And then, of course, with the POS system, the POS system are now separate. So whereas with our first show, we were just having one POS system, this time around, we have two separate systems with uh, the company ShowClicks as a partner on the ticketing. And then we have our partners at Expo Genie that is strictly the vendors. And then the only folks that we deal directly on a, on a financial standpoint are our sponsors. So it basically gives you three tiers of system that allows our business to flow. I'm a, I'm a business junkie. So I like to audit things. I like to look at how can we work better. Um, and I also like to listen to folks that are smarter than me, right? So, um, so that we can integrate better systems and, I think, I think that our team has done an incredible job of pivoting that because like every small business, I like to always mention like, hey, we're a startup, we're a small business. 
Um, even though Burbank Sports Cards is established as a business, as a legacy brand, Burbank Card Show is still a small business, right? So we're still a startup. So we're still learning. You know, we're, even our website, we, we put a lot of not only financial, but a lot of time into getting that going. So, um, you know, we're really, really excited to integrate those new systems for Anaheim. Well, I certainly think that I've always been an advocate for innovation and trying things, especially if you see that there's a need. And I think the timing of this for a lot of people in the hobby world, and of course, we don't want to necessarily compare this show to National, but the timing of it is right off the heels of National. And, right. you know, a lot of people who attended that show saw some areas for improvement and right. saw those same areas of improvement several years ago and five years ago and 10 years ago, and they don't necessarily see those changes each year. And so at least from my standpoint, I can always appreciate when we see that there's opportunity for improvement and you take a chance and see if something works. So right. I, do, I don't think you're going to get many people who are going to argue about that. Now, with that being said, this upcoming show space is at the Anaheim Expo Center, which is just right across the street from Disneyland, correct? Literally across the street, you're at Disney California Adventure. And in our trade night on the second floor, when you walk in, there's an outside area, and and that wasn't that that wasn't accidental. We made sure that it was on the outside. So there's some you know there's some breathing room space if you know what I mean. Uh, but when you get onto the when you get into the to that little that I don't want to say little that big patio area, uh, you'll see D Disney California Adventure, uh, and then if you time it right. Uh, you'll be able to see the fireworks while you're trading cards. So, oh my gosh, uh, this sounds yeah, like my personal. It's literally heaven. a block away. A lot of a lot of the fat checkers uh, tried to check us on that and uh, tried to say no. Disneyland is is a mile away. I'm like, dude, you could literally see Disneyland. You could literally see the people getting rides. You could see the workers checking out, <laughs> clocking out. Um, it's it's definitely literally a walk away. Yeah, no, I, I can certainly attest to that. Uh, Disneyland is like my second home, and so uh, a applause to you for setting that up. Now let's talk logistics about this show. Um, I want to just kind of give people a run through of what they can expect. So walk us through maybe show space. You hinted earlier about having a floor plan set up in a certain way with some of the previous shows you set up. So I'm really curious if we'll be seeing that type of floor plan layout with certain sections at this card show. Yeah. So first off, uh, going back to innovation, we've we've uh, partnered with a company called Gem10, and Gem10 is is actually creating an interactive map for us that our guests will be able to utilize. Uh, basically, when you get your badge or if you get the QR code on any sort of banner that we may have, um, you could download the interactive map and you could have it on your phone and you could literally see where everyone's at. Um, every dealer, every corporate company, every every grading company, etc. Right, so. Um, and then you could hot link it to where, you know, if, some, if you're looking for someone, especially you could, you could literally see them by alphabet order and it's all as precise as possible. You can also see where Starbucks at. You can also see where, um, you know, where the, uh, the, the food is at, where the, the bars are at. So it's a very interactive experience uh, that we're excited to launch. Um, it's, I, think it, I think I could be wrong, but it's the first publicly launched interactive map in our industry. So we're really, really excited to collab with those guys. And they're great young guys. And, and, uh, you know, going back to innovation, like what you said, Chad, this is something that's big. But going back to the logistics, shout out to uh, to Jay, my, my our logistics director um, and my uh, I call him Big Grump Jay. He's always grumpy, but uh, he means well. But anyway, so uh, first floor is going to be strictly our corporate area uh, where all the grading companies are going to be at uh, the the auction houses. Uh, I don't want to shout them all out, but uh, we're going to no, there, there's an impressive list there's here on the, on the so, website that people can go um, check out. Yeah, so you could go check it out on the website and the Instagram. But uh, we're also introducing our TCG area, our non-sports TCG and collectibles area, which is going to be on the first floor. Um, everyone pretty much is beefing up their 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 activations. That's probably our biggest thing is outside of a card show. We wanted to promote the experience side of the consumer you know maybe the folks that aren't necessarily card show uh, or not card show card collectors but they're sports card fans or they're fans of star wars or they're fans of pokemon i wanted to make sure that there was an experience for everybody so um you know we're gonna have different events we're gonna have different lounge areas we're gonna have different arcade areas for the folks and i'm a big gamer so i'm excited to just be a part of that right you'll probably see me there more 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 than not <laughs> Um, but, um, on the second floor is strictly our sports car dealers. And that's something that 
me personally, I take a lot of pride in, especially Burbank sports cards. The Burbank card show is an extension of the Burbank sports cards uh, brand. And one thing that we're known for is we buy, buy, buy. And Burbank sports cards will be will be there to buy. Um, and then also on top of the sports card area on the second floor, we'll have some of the biggest dealers and the best dealers in the country as well as in the world. Uh, we're going to have folks from different parts of the world coming through. I think as far as Australia, Australia and the Philippines, last time I checked, um, but we're going to have a good amount of uh, sports card dealers. So on the sports card side, we are just under 700 tables on the sports card side. And on the TCG side, we're just under, I believe, 150, 100 around there. But then that doesn't include the booths. So if you include everything all around, that's about a thousand plus uh, tables and activations. That's an incredible uh, task to take on in setting all of that up. How do you feel about aisle space and just walkability of this with that many tables? So again, our, our first show, we're not proud of this, but our first show, we had a uh, literally the smallest you could get uh, with, without fire marshal getting mad at you. Our first show was at six feet. We are now proud to say that we've got to 10 feet of uh, walk space, which is enough for two families to get through. And Chad, you're a Disneyland guy, so I know how important that is when you're walking through that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, 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 you know, we're very, very cautious of that. Again, uh, the city of Anaheim, I, I want to say this publicly, the city of Anaheim is, uh, uh, nicely as well. Uh, you know, we're very proud of our partnership with the city of Anaheim and the Anaheim Convention Center, but that doesn't mean they're the easiest to work with and rightfully so. Right. So, uh, you know, they're very strict when it comes to different things, especially on the logistical side. And, and these are things that we had to pivot on and learn really quickly. Right. So, um, and we're very proud of that. And a bit, again, big credit to Jay, who's done an incredible job on the logistics side. Uh, I've said it publicly yesterday on a podcast that with what Jay has done with, I would even say this confidently with 10% of a lot of other, 10% of the budgets compared to a lot of other convention shows, what he has done with that budget has been nothing short of incredible. So really, really excited and, and proud to, uh, to have him on our team and, and uh, I can't wait for folks to just experience that uh, because that's something that, that goes that goes. Is sometimes people miss that. Right. And, and I get a lot of credit and Rob gets a lot of credit for the show. And Jay doesn't get much of that because he's behind the scenes. But, you know, it's one of those things to where even I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this map and I'm like, I really hope that this gets done. And there's no other person that I could have faith in than Jay to get it done. So, well, it sounds like there's so much thought that's got into this and not just from someone who puts on a show, but also someone who is a collector and has been there as a dealer and also thinking about the logistics of those things, which I'm sure everyone can appreciate. Right. Um, a few really fine points that sound silly that we have to ask this, but we've all been to a show that don't have these amenities. So we should ask. So some of these may be rapid fire, EJ. Do you have air conditioning? Yes, we've had yeah. air conditioning at all my shows. Um, outside, even even uh, even the, the, the smaller shows. I, I've, again, I'm very ignorant. I've always felt that AC, when there's hundreds of people at your show, should be mandatory. But to some other shows, I guess it's not. Uh, we spent a ton of money, again, going back to the city of Anaheim. We've spent a ton of money. Uh, there was a guy that was trying to uh, call us out uh, the other day. And again, I'm, I'm all for criticism, guys. Like, I'm all for any sort of, uh, you know, any sort of uh, opinions, right? But he was so wrong on the on the, uh, on the the numbers side, and he was trying to basically pocket watches and basically say, Hey, look, we sold this amount of tables. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, Wi-Fi and AC alone was close to six figures for us at the show. So, and that was non-negotiable. We wanted to make sure that there was AC for folks and there was also Wi-Fi and connection that at the very least folks could use uh, so that they could make their deals. Right. So, um, yeah, it's funny how you mentioned that, but yeah, no, definitely AC at the show. Well, I'll, I will say thank you amongst everyone listening for, for that, for that sacrifice, especially on the financial standpoint. Um, how about food and drink at the show? Yeah. So we have a company called Airmark who we're partners with at the show. Airmark's basically uh, a management company that, uh, provides, uh, it's like a liaison company that provides food trucks, provides any sort of, uh, food, food and beverage, um, uh, servicing. So we'll have some food trucks at the show, but outside of the food trucks and, and the food and drinks and food and beverage, 
There's a ton of restaurants around the city of Anaheim at the convention center. Uh, Chad, you've been to Disneyland and Disney Walk, so you've seen there's a plethora of steakhouses. There's a plethora of different spots that you could go to. Uh, our uh, Sally, our basically our financial head, she basically gave us a heads up of the restaurants. So myself and the team, we go out every night at the show. That's kind of our like little hoorah moment for the team. And uh, of course, Rob picks up the tab on that. And Rob's, Rob's a cheapskate, man. So Rob's looking at this. <laughs> Rob's like, man, we could have went to In-N-Out, you know. So, uh, but again, outside of what we will provide on-site at the show, off-site, there's just a ton of things, literally within walking distance. And then I would be reminisced if I didn't mention the Marriott, our host hotel, uh, the Marriott Convention Center. They have three restaurants, incredible restaurants. I've tried it out myself. Um Look, guys, I'm not I'm not the healthiest person, so you could take my advice when it comes to food. The food is incredible. Uh, there's a Starbucks there, uh, so we have everything. And again, that's the biggest thing for me, especially running shows, is we wanted to make sure that there was within walking distance of space of different things. So uh, we're very excited to provide that for our guests. Well, speaking of the Marriott, uh, the Starbucks is essential. What type of floor space do they have at their main hotel lobby? Things got a little. You know, <laughs> a little crazy with trade nights at, at national hotel lobbies. Yeah, yeah. We're very, um, we're very, you know, that was the biggest thing. When the whole thing happened at Lowe's, I believe, yeah. uh, at the national, I think we went ahead and sent our Marriott rep an email and just let them know, like, hey, uh, <laughs> just a quick heads up. Uh, you know, and again, uh, legally speaking here, I'm not a lawyer, but none of those trade nights are official Burbank card show or EJ sanctioned trade nights. So, again, um, we cannot control anything, but big shout out to the Marriott. They've been nothing but great to us. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that, again, there's enough space, right? But at the same time, if it does get crazy, uh, guys, it's already 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock. It's time for you guys to go to bed. But, <laughs> uh, but some of these guys are card is life. I'm sure people have heard the phrase ball is life. I've seen folks do card is life. These guys have been on cards literally from dusk till dawn. And uh, it's incredible to see, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. And sorry, I kind of put you in a weird spot with that one. But I think you you gave a very appropriate answer. I like that. Um, you mentioned um, kind of pricing of things. The show itself, I just want to make sure we mention this. $20 a day to get in, three days for $50. And then there's a VIP pass, which gets you in an hour early for $150. So very affordable and very comparable to other shows there. Um, let's continue down this kind of awkward question, though. I didn't notice Panini as one of your sponsors. Your sponsor list is incredible. Um, did you guys pull a Fanatics and boot them out last minute? No, no, no. <laughs> so it's funny. It's funny how you mentioned that. We, you know, again, outside of outside of Burbank, I'll speak for myself here. You know, I, I have a great relationship with the folks at Panini. You know, the friends of mine. These are friends, right? Of, of uh, outside of, of of business, these are friends and. Uh, you know, Panini reps have came to our show. Uh, it's just outside of Burbank. I'll publicly say this. You know, there was really no communication with Panini, uh, even from our first show. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you guys even more. There was no communication with any big company even in our first show. It was tough. Like, I think our first show, we had maybe like four sponsors. Um, now we're about nearly 38 or 39, I think, the last time I checked. So it's, it's an incredible, uh, it goes back to some of you guys that are doing your shows and you guys have the goal of trying to be bigger, right? I mean, look, even with the Burbank brand, we, we struggled with, with getting company. Cause again, it costs money for some of the, these guys to come in. Uh, Panini is the perfect example, right? So if you guys have been to the national or mint collective, Panini has these big booths and guess what that costs? That costs money. <laughs> and then they have to bring their staff. They have to pay hotels. Um, and then, of course, they have to pay a sponsorship fee depending on what the deal is made on the respective shows. So and that, especially for me, I understand that because I deal with the corporate sponsors. Right. So, um, you know, with that, some of these companies have corporate budgets. Some of these guys uh, just don't feel that it's necessarily the right place for them. I can't speak for Panini on this. For me, I, I see it this way. Selfishly, I think that the Burbank card shows a can't miss show. And I think that any company, even outside of the industry, could benefit from that. We have three companies that are sponsors that are not even sports cards uh, or any sort of collectible company. These are companies that see a, a, uh, a numerical number of attendance and could see a profit, a potential profit gain from it, whether in financial or in marketing. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, outside of my friends at Panini, uh, shout out to my guy, Tracy Hackler, 
but outside of that, um, you know, we haven't really had any conversations with Panini, so I'll just throw it out there. No, that a fantastic answer. And I say that one partially in jest, but on kind of the same topic, but a more serious question, this show seems to be rapidly growing, at least in volume and the number of tables that you have, um, over the last year and a half. And certainly I think everyone, particularly people on the West coast would love to see that continue. Is there any concern that fanatics may also try and take over the card show world? Right. And, and, and going back to the flip side of the whole, uh, Panini thing, I mean, F- fanatics has been nothing great to us, both at the show and at the uh, sports card side of it. Like, you know, fanatics to us is, is, is of course, you know, they're, they're, they're taking over, right. For lack of better term, they're taking over and, uh, you know, I, I like to say that what they can do potentially for our industry could change things, right? They could change. They could. You're you're talking about a a ten billion dollar company, a ten a ten to twenty billion dollar market cap that could potentially be a hundred million dollars in about five years. Like that's the power of what fanatics could potentially do on the marketing. You're you're looking at marketing budgets that will skyrocket any sort of marketing budget that we've ever seen in sports cards, right? So, uh, but outside of, outside of, are we worried about it? Um, no, not necessarily. We consider Fanatics as, as a partner of ours, you know, outside of the show. They were, they were sponsors of ours at the last show. Uh, you know, at this show, at this show with Anaheim, we, we had decided, you know what, let's, let's focus on Burbank and making this a Burbank show. But, you know, there, there's been talks uh, as well, uh, you know, of, of, you know, fanatics doing other shows. Right. So, uh, you know, look, we, we think that the market could sustain a show outside of the national. And I've always said that, like, I've always said that there should be, if, if the national is the show, right. There should be another big show. And that was even before Burbank. So even for us to be considered the West coast national, and I, I didn't say that that's, from, from folks giving us that moniker, we're very humbled at that, right? Um, it goes back to what I what I said and, and kind of my statement of that is we're just really just trying to f- provide the best card show experience. Whether that's 10,000 square feet, whether that's 500,000 square feet, we want to make sure it's the best experience possible, right? Um, now with Fanatics, I, I, I do see them potentially getting into the experience side, right? So uh, I think that's something that has not been capitalized just yet in our industry. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see, but, uh, you know, I will say this on a, on a conversation standpoint, uh, compared to any other company, uh, fanatics has been nothing good to us. So, um, you know, they've been, they've been nothing but, but good. And, and they've even offered a different, different help that they could provide for the show. We just, we just declined it for this show, um, just because of the fact that we already have our core sponsors involved. So we wanted to make sure that we stay loyal to our core sponsors and then, you know, after, you know, we'll see, maybe we'll figure it out in the future. Sure. Well, two final questions for you, and then I'll kind of leave an open mic for you to promote anything you'd like. Uh, first of all, do you see this show in Anaheim happening again at the same time next year? Yes, I could definitely see it. So right now the biggest contention is, is the two floors, right? So, you know, a lot, we're getting a lot of feedback on that good or bad, right? So um, the feedback is, is that, oh, well, you know, may not be traffic on the first floor, may not be traffic on the second floor. <clears throat> I'm almost guaranteed this. The second floor will be insane, especially Saturday. It would be bonkers. You're talking about, I'm looking at our ticket sales right now, and I'm just like, I don't even know how to sustain Saturday. I'm just being really honest. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but we got to hire more people to at least help out on Saturday with the second floor. Um, and then, of course, the first floor, we wanted to just make sure that it was somewhat separated there was a situation in ontario that i remember where there was a grading company that was just uh swamped right so their 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 lines got to a point where it was kind of getting too close to the dealers so folks couldn't walk in for the dealers so that was kind of our solution right so again trial and error trial and error um but definitely definitely that for sure that the two floor situation is something that uh, you know we want to make sure that we take advantage of. But then as far as where do we see that next year? I mean, who knows, man? I mean, we, we might, we might get into the main floors of that A, B, and C that you guys see at comic cons. Um, I believe the national did that in 2006, uh, 2006. And that was when I was 14. <laughs> uh, fun fact, that was my first card show too. So oh, no uh, kidding. 
Yeah. So, I was, yeah, as a 14 year old, if you told me that I was running the second biggest show in about 15 years, man, I'd probably lose it. So, That's so cool. Uh, yeah. EJ, one last question for you. At the end of the day, what is going to make this show, this upcoming show, successful? I've always had one goal in mind when running card shows is that as long as we bring the crowd and we bring the traffic and we look, you can't make everybody happy. Right. And that's something that I always wanted to vocalize with our staff. I wanted to vocalize with our team, especially our core partners with between myself, Rob and Jay and Rob understand is Rob runs a card shop. Right. And in, in my opinion, he runs the card shop. So, right. so for him to deal with customer service, I've seen that man, literally you know uh anakin skywalker now you know with different <laughs> folks and, and he, he just he he um he earned that i mean dude you're talking about 40 years of just pure experience and uh and then my other partner jay you know he, he's the hothead of all of us but he really is very accommodating to folks especially our our our, uh, our sponsors but our job is to promote we're we're promoters right we're card show promoters so as long as we, we do a good job with promoting uh, you know, where we're, we have, we finally have a marketing budget, thankfully. So we've taken care of um, any sort of local promotion, any sort of uh, media promotion. And, and we're very proud to have our media partners involved for this one. So outside of that, man, our goal is to simply just promote the hell out of it and get as many people into the show. Uh, you know, I, I can't really speak on the dealers. I can't really speak on this, but I will say one thing that we're very proud of and um, that we're known for is that it's a dealing show. There's a ton of deals at this show and not just on a sense of um, high end cards that a lot of people tend to um, gravitate us as, as a high end show. Uh, you know, we're very proud of the fact that there's low mid tier dealers that do well at our show. And these are guys that have maybe $500 and below cards. And, and we're very proud of that. So uh, that's that one key goal is to get as many people in there and to, to, you know, we hear this all the time. Let's all grow the hobby together. I mean, dude, look, if I could just get that one kid, that one, uh, it goes back to EJ as a 12 year old. It goes back to that kid where it's like that one kid that used to read a Beckett magazine at Walgreens and, and to turn that kid into one day being a part of this industry, whether as a collector, whether as a buyer, whether as a, a, uh, employee of a certain company. I mean, that's all that matters to me. So, uh, getting as many people there and, and getting that turnover rate up. Uh, that's all that matters to me. I like that a lot. So a couple other things that I'll just throw in there that we didn't get to, and then I'm going to leave the floor open to you. So guys, I did, I will encourage you to go check out the website, burbankcardshow.com. You can see the list of sponsors, which we've mentioned a couple of times. And the reason that I bring it up is that you will see grading companies, you know, you see PSA, you see SGC, you will also see ComC and eBay. And so if you're someone who likes to visit these booths when you're at card shows, please go sure to check them out. And then you can go follow up with their corresponding social media sites to see what they may have to offer there. But a very impressive list, um, especially as it's grown over the last year and a half. Um, I believe I saw EJ, this will be a quick question for you. I believe I saw um, a couple of autograph opportunities there as well. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. So big shout out to the memorabilia network. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a, a, a couple Dodger guys come through. I mean, Fernando mania, if you guys are baseball that. fans, Fernando mania is huge get for us. You know, James Altman, a, a, a rising young star for the Dodgers. You know, we're, we're very, very, very happy to, to accommodate to that. Um, you know, memorabilia network, shout out to Harlan and then the guys, Dan, um, you know, again, full disclosure, we're a card show. We, we never really thought about autograph guests. I'm more on the side of autograph guests tend to kind of gravitate away from the dealers, right? Uh, the financial sense of it. Uh, but this was something that we felt was right with the brand. Again, my job as the director is to make sure it directs not only on a logistical aspect, but also on a and not on a financial and a marketing aspect and it just made sense to collaborate with the memorabilia network because again it, it made sense now if we had 50 to 100 autograph guests that may not work with the burbank brand it could it works with the national it works with other shows um but in the west coast you know we're, we're a little different in the west coast than at then than at most shows you know so that's something that we're very proud of is we try to stick to the, the card show focus and providing that for our guests uh, but who knows, man, maybe we'll have an autograph partner that uh, down the line that makes sense. And, you know, we've talked to many 
uh, different providers as well. And, um, you know, we're not closing that door. It just, it's a, it's a slippery slope, if you know what I mean, you know, with garnishing the, the aspect of card shows and card dealers. So, Right. Well, I guess I see it as just a little something else that you've got at this show to enhance the experience if someone, you know, wants to go meet Fernando. I I think that's fantastic. So very good, EJ. Well, we could keep going here, but we're up on time. You know, anything you would like to promote or anything you'd like to reiterate now, EJ, the floor is yours. I mean, look, guys, um, four years ago, COVID era, right? Um, I... I told myself that, you know, look, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19 years old, right? Dropped out of college and told myself, look, you know, before I turn 30, if I don't find a, if, if I don't have any more success within this, I'm going to just find a job, you know, and, 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 you know, a regular day job. And again, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But, um, the one biggest thing I could say is, man, just, just whether you're running a small show, whether you're you're at a small show, whether you're a small car dealer that only has maybe a thousand dollars in inventory. I mean, look, guys, I started with value value cards, and you know, at the, the at the height of it, man, I was touching ten, twenty thousand dollar cards. You know, before I was doing the card shows, and then even on the card show side, I ran a fifty table show to now running a thousand table show. It's 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 insane. And um, even Chad had mentioned it. We had four sponsors, and now we're at it looks like a good amount of people. So, uh, guys, all I'm going to say this, man, is, is this hobby is incredible. This industry is awesome. Um, it's my favorite time as far as this industry is concerned. Um, and, and again, man, just, just very, very blessed. And, and like I said, man, for any of you guys that's tuning in, man, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you never know how far you get. A lot could change in a year. Fantastic. EJ, thanks for joining us. Again, people can find him at dynasty.ej and at dynasty mode. Please go check out the Burbank card show. EJ, thanks again. Cool. Take care, guys. Well, everyone, uh, that's Chad. Held down the fort today with that wonderful segment about the Burbank card show that you should all go check out. This is Tim. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens this coming week. Tune in next week. So, Tim, we started the show and you were mad because of work. And then we did the show and then you left to go to work and then EJ was there and then you came back and did the intro. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.